On today's episode, Gio and I sit down with Johnny Robinson, and I'm really excited for this episode because unlike some of our past episodes where we've brought on software CEOs or professional race car drivers, Johnny has had a lot of success at only 22 years old doing something that isn't exactly what you would call glamorous. Johnny spent $150 his freshman year of college to buy a bucket, a squeegee, and some other gear. And now him and his partner are running a window cleaning business on track to do over $700,000 this year at only 22 years old. So I'm going to get right into the episode and let Johnny explain it. But before I do, if you have been enjoying the podcast so far, could you please take just 10 seconds right now to take out your phone and leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. It really helps us grow the show, which in turn helps us bring on bigger and bigger guests each episode for you to enjoy. Now, with that out of the way, let's get on into the episode. You're listening to the Next Generation Podcast, weekly interviews with the most interesting and successful 20-somethings out there. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You have Connor and Gio online with Johnny Robinson. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Happy to be of here. Of course. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Johnny, usually we love to go and kind of kick things off on each episode with just the guests giving a little bit of an overview as to who they are, what they've been doing, and what they're up to now. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, my name is Johnny, 22. I run Orange Window Cleaning. A um, We call it home detailing. It's like car detailing but for your house. So we do window cleaning, gutter cleaning, solar panel cleaning, and house washing. And then in Christmas, we do uh, Christmas light installation as well. So I've been running that for the past th- three and a half years now. Uh, started when I was a freshman in college. Started with 150 bucks, and then just grew through the profits we were making with the business. Uh, last year, 2020, we finished at 205k in revenue, and then we'll we're anticipating anywhere between five and 700 this year, depending on how our acquisition goes. Nothing like turning 150 dollars into 500k. Can we dive into kind of the story of how, how did this come about? How did you get the idea? How did you meet your partner, et cetera? Yeah. So my business partner is actually my best friend also. His name's Sergio. So we met in the seventh, the story starts when we met in seventh grade and we were, we're both the shortest dudes in the class. So he's like five, three, he lies and says he's five, four, but we had the same Hurley sweater from Costco and we ended up having every single class together. So we just became best friends. So seventh, eighth grade, um, it was just like, you couldn't separate us. And we carried that friendship through after college, He or after high school, sorry. Um, he attended university. I went to community college. And uh, we would still keep in touch every now and again. But our colleges were geographically pretty far apart. So uh, one day, we, we decided we wanted to meet up and go to the beach. So we skipped class, went to the beach. And he was asking me like what I wanted to do after college. And I hadn't really thought about it, but it was during the period of me working as a lifeguard at uh, Knott's Berry Farm or at a, at a water park. So I dealt with some shitty managers. Um, excuse me, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss or not. but Go for it. Uh, so I had dealt with some shitty managers, and I was like, you know what, dude? I just found out you can anybody could start a business. You don't need a degree. So I kind of want to start a business. I want to... Um, try my shot at that and he's like oh why would you why would you want to do that um it's so risky and I was like I, I was I was really naive at the time so I didn't have an answer for him but then he goes on to tell me that he wanted to just you know he was doing civil engineering so he wanted to do he wanted to go get his cushy 70k a year job right out the gate and I was like cool man good for you that's awesome 
I didn't think much of it until uh, about a week later he called me and then he told me, hey man, like I've been thinking about what you said, I kind of want to start a business. So I was like, all right, let's let's do it, man. Let's hit the ground running. So what we did was we were like, okay, what does every person right after high school do? They start a t-shirt business. They start their own clothing brand. So we, we started, uh, we spent $300 on a logo. And then the day after we spent that money, we realized, wait, we we both do not care about fashion and know nothing about this. So why, why did we do that? He's like, yeah, you're right. So mistake number one was $300 yeah. in the logo. Yep. So we were like, okay, back to the drawing board. We need to make, we we're like, okay, the, our next our idea has to make money tomorrow. We have to be able to make money tomorrow because he couldn't get a job. And like he had an interview at McDonald's, literally uh, McDonald's didn't hire him. So we needed to make money. And he goes, why don't we clean windows? And I was like, like, like car windows. He's like, yeah, the car windows. So I was like, what are we going to stand at the gas station and clean windows for like five bucks a car? Do we're not going to make money. And so I Google window cleaning and I find out it's an industry like people pay for it. Commercial buildings need it. Uh, skyscrapers need it. Uh, residential um, storefronts. So I was like, OK, this might be something. So we found it, uh, a couple YouTube videos. Started watching some YouTube videos on how to clean windows. So we're like, all right, screw it. Let's go. We're doing window cleaning. So we came up with a little, we went to Walmart, bought a couple little t-shirts or like white polos for five bucks. And then we got uh, our logo done. It was JNS window cleaning. So Johnny and Sergio window cleaning. And uh, he put in $75. I put in $75. We bought a couple squeegees in a bucket. And we just started going door to door to little mom and pop shops um, around the county and made five bucks, 10 bucks, uh, $15. We were like, it was a rush, to be honest, because we were like, damn, this can actually, like, we're actually making money. It's not much. We can't live off of it, but it's definitely a lot better than working for someone. So, uh, I mean, that's that's basically how we got started. And so you I'm, had that you had that awful manager when you were a lifeguard, right? And so that's kind of like what prompted you, it sounded like, to not wanting to go and get another job after that. I'm curious, like, why specifically did you think, I guess, first of all, why did you think? And for for anyone who's just listening right now, look, not looking, Johnny just had a cat jump on uh, jump yeah, up on his. Yeah, uh, sorry about chair. that, guys. No, nothing. It's hilarious. Um, I, I'm curious now. Why did you want to go and start a business? Right? Did you have anyone in your family who started a business? Do you know people who started a business? Like, what was the path there? Was it really just that you were fed up with your managers and didn't want to work for anyone else? Uh, yeah, it was mostly I didn't. I just didn't want to work for anyone else, uh, to be honest. But like after putting two and two together, after really like reflecting on the way I was raised and how I grew up, uh, it makes sense on why I'm choosing this route. And I can get into that if you want. But um, okay, so yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, so so basically going back, it's a crazy story. My uh, my mom and dad, well, my dad, I should say, um, he ended up he ended up, he would end up dying um, from being an alcoholic like liver liver cancer so but back in the day like growing up he ran a like a huge fraud ring across the united states so he uh um he worked for the center of missing and exploited children so i don't know if you guys ever remember that john walsh seeing john walsh on the tv uh and he, he was like he was like john walsh's like main guy and he would uh go and sell book booklets door to door and you're supposed to donate nine, like they pay for $10 or something. You sell someone at the door, the little booklet, you know, it's got coupon codes to local businesses and stuff. And uh, it's supposed to promote the center for missing and exploited children. Well, my dad, sleazebag that he is, he, instead of, t- you're supposed to pay $9 
back to the center, right? And then you keep a dollar or some, something like some deal like that. And instead, he was doing it the reverse. So he was keeping like 90% of the money and not reporting it. So he would go up, build these huge door-to-door teams under the center of missing exploited children um, for a couple weeks. When, when it was time to run payroll, he would dip out and go to another state along with my mom. And I, li- I literally remember um, like them pushing me in the stroller and going door-to-door with these people. Or with these people, with my parents, um, to, to meet these people. This is insane. Literally, yeah. literally a door-to-door salesman infants. Yeah, so so my dad um, my dad actually was the one to tell me like he, he never would work for anyone in his life. So he never had a job. Um, he was always doing some sleazy stuff. Uh, we moved to Idaho for a bit. He was cutting down trees and selling the lumber, making money like that somehow. Um, just always doing some crazy stuff. And my mom's the same thing, dude. She, I mean, after her and my dad split... She would uh, not to talk bad about my mom. I love her. She I live right next door to her. Um, she she would steal people's mail, write fraudulent checks for like ten grand. She was running like five uh, medical offices or, or chiropractic offices for this guy and running up these bills on like little fender benders and just coming home with fat stacks. It's like it's crazy. This is this is insane. So so I mean first wow. of all like I. That, that, that's a crazy story just right off the bat i personally think that like one of the toughest things to do is get into entrepreneurship when you have no entrepreneurship entrepreneurial background right like like your parents were accountants for 40 years or something like that right like then it's kind of tough to a kind of convince your family ties like you're going to be doing something a little bit different you came like 180 from that right like you came from like your parents never set foot in corporate america if anything like it sounded like they were out to like spite corporate america yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yeah, thinking about it now, I was just really naive. And um, I didn't really look at my family. I didn't like, I just knew I didn't want to be like them because everybody in my family, cousins, aunts, uncles, whatever, um, they, I'm not gonna talk bad about them, but they're, they're not doing the greatest. I don't have any, I don't have a rich uncle, you know, like no, no one has money in my family. So it's kind of a big driver for me to be the first to create something and, and go down the entrepreneur route and actually show the rest of my family members like hey man like there's so much opportunity out there you just have to go get it and so then i guess going back to the uh, to the lifeguard i mean that's, that's an insane story um <laughs> go, going back to the lifeguard so crappy crappy boss i mean props to you for going the like you know legitimate route i guess after that and hustling <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, i feel like yeah. that's gonna be you know pretty tough when you know the the people in their life are doing something else um so that so then you you just called up sergio and, and started to convince him on that okay so yeah so i called him i was like hey let's start start the business um and we yeah we hit the ground running i mean we, we went to walmart bought the stuff off amazon and then um we slowly just like right when we started the business is when i turned off like i turned off all music in my car i stopped listening to music i would only listen to podcasts and that was like for a straight year while I just soaked, became a sponge of info and knowledge about business, marketing, you know, whatever. And uh, now, we besides besides the next generation, what other podcasts were you listening to? So honestly, how I built this, I was just going on a bender of how I built this episodes. Um, I'd have to I'd have to honestly check and go back. My podcast taste now is so much different than when it was uh, back in like 2017. How I built this is still great though. For anyone, oh yeah, if anyone doesn't listen to them. It's awesome stories. 
yeah, I still get pumped every Monday when one comes out. I listen to all of them. But uh, yeah, so so um, turned off all the music, started listening to nothing but podcasts, and just a huge like underrated thing for me and Sergio was our customers. So window cleaning, you deal with a large amount of uh, wealthy people because window cleaning is such a luxury service. Like nobody nobody needs window cleaning. You get your windows clean because you want them clean, right? Or you can do it yourself. So we got to interact with a lot of entrepreneurs in the area, and I would always be like, I'm just a naturally curious person. So I, the first thing I'd ask every customer going into their house when me and Sergio were still out in the field was, what do you do for work? And then it, it started, like, I started to notice things like, wow, people love to talk about themselves. So I would just say, hey, how, like, like, what do you do for work? And they would go and tell me, like, oh, my God, I run, like, the second largest tree trimming business on the West Coast, or I do this, I do that. And it was just like, damn, you can really, you can really make money doing anything. It's like, it was crazy. So through, through that, we ended up, um, that, that translated to great customer service. Like customers loved us. And then I would always ask them, Hey, can you leave a Yelp review? Can you leave a Google review? And we slowly started rising in the Yelp rankings for window cleaners near me on Yelp. And now, um, that, that was the huge driver for us was honestly just providing great customer service. And we were doing it unintentionally. So once looking back on it, we realized, like, wow, like there's really something missing here that you have to call five, ten, com- five, six companies before someone finally picks up the phone for one. You, if you do get one, probably not going to show up on time. Uh, probably going to do, we call it splash and dash in the industry. So they're probably going to go do it as fast as they possibly can, you know, cut corners. And it was easy for us to just come in and say, hey, like, we charge a lot more money than the next guy, but you know, we have these brand promises and you know, whatever. So that's awesome. Yeah. You guys had a few kind of up and downs, right? Where you started the company and then you were, you were kind of doing well and then you kind of slowed down. And at what point did you realize that we have something going on? We're actually making money and we can, we can scale this out a bit further rather than, you know, this is what we're doing over the summer. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you want me to get into the, a couple ups and downs or the, just the latest one. Yeah, let's get into the ups and downs. Okay. Uh, so so the first one was definitely the summer of 2019. Uh, me and Sergio were getting toward the later half of our college um, careers. And we hadn't tried corporate America yet. We hadn't tried internships. You know, we had just worked low-level jobs. So Sergio was, uh, was telling me, hey, I want to go try my civil engineering degree. So I was like, okay, go ahead. I'll just run the business. But deep down, I was like, I started comparing myself. And I was like, man, I kind of, I want to get an internship. Like, who's this guy think he is? You think he's better than the window cleaning company? So I go get an internship. I had a few offers, actually. um, And I ended up picking one that was out in, their headquarters was in Cleveland. But we ended up, uh, my branch was in Dallas. So I went to Cleveland, flew to Cleveland for a week, and then to Dallas. And so I, I lasted at that we both took internship, so the business went on hold, and we went, or I went to Dallas for the internship, and it lasted like two and a half, three weeks, and I quit on a Wednesday, I drove back home, and I was like, yep, what I said, I, I meant I will never work for someone again, and, uh, and that, so that was actually what, really bad. What was, what was it about the job? You were just, you couldn't handle the manager, not, sorry, not couldn't handle, you hated the managers, you hated the responsibility, you hated like not having to go and be able to control your own destiny kind of thing? 
it was more so the controller on Destiny. I didn't mind my coworkers and managers. They were actually great. They were really cool. They took me out to try Texas barbecue, and it was it was fun while I was there. Invited me to Rangers games, stuff like that. But uh, it was it was the moment I'd quit was when one of my coworkers needed some time off to deal with something on his house, like his appraisal or something. He needed to go to see a lawyer, and the way the office was set up was uh, us four inside sales guys, well, three inside sales guys, and me being the sales intern and then the manager next door divided by wall so he requested time off and then uh the manager next door didn't even have the decency to come in and tell him face to face hey i need you for for these few hours he just wrote him, wrote him an email saying your request has been denied and i could just see like someone yeah took his soul yeah and just then super I, I super like not genuine yeah, exactly. So I was like, that's so so screwed up. You know, I, like, I just thought about it. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be in that situation, I need to deal with some stuff. I need to be able to have the time to do that when when I need to, not at the leisure of upper management. So, right. And this, so, is, yeah, this I, is in 2019? This is 20, summer 2019, yeah. So, so I, correct, me, correct me if my numbers are a little off here, but I think when we talked yesterday, it was – 2017, you guys did $5,000 that summer. 2018, it was 25000 2019, which is this summer, you guys did $50,000 in sales or window cleaning. It was, at this point, was it just you and Sergio still? Yeah, so it was just me and Sergio. And we had maybe done, so like I, like I was telling you guys, window cleaning is very seasonal. So so January through the first half of April, really slow. Um, just due to rain and, you know, whatever. People don't get their windows clean when it's raining. So we really didn't have that much revenue during that moment in time leading up to uh, us being there. We had just started to pick up when we left to do our internships. So so that ho- that night I, I went home, wrote the person that hired me, said, hey, sorry, going back home. Like, I can't can't work for anybody. And then uh, she sent, she ended up sending me a real nasty email back. But uh, so I drove back and then um, and then I convinced Sergio to quit his internship like three weeks later. And then it was me and him back in it the for july onward until we hired our first employee in i want to say september and that was one that's of our buddies amazing. that's amazing and so so you guys finished up that summer about fifty thousand dollars 2020 mm-hmm. i think you guys told me yesterday you guys hit about two hundred thousand. you something like that just, right you forced, just over yeah just over two hundred thousand. and then this year with the the potential acquisition which i definitely want to get into in a little bit here you guys are on track to do about seven hundred thousand, which is awesome um so, so one of the big things that I, I was just thinking about coming into today's call is like if you look at some of the past interviews we've had, like it's it's kind of rare to talk to someone who's 22 years old and making a ton of money doing like a blue service job, right? Like and I'm not I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. It's just like look at the past interviews we've done. Like we've had people like inventing sports, selling like you know drop shipping on e-commerce. Like like we have a call with someone on a Friday who's running like a really big uh, like software company. Um, like usually when you think about what kind of services and businesses people our age are running these days, it's very tech forward and it's kind of like the sexy e-commerce, the, the software stuff. Like I'm curious how your thoughts have been around like running the window washing company. Cause like, I got to imagine that first summer you're doing it. It's like, 
you know, you were making $5,000 and it's like, okay, why am I doing this? I think now it's a lot easier to justify now that you guys are on track to do $700,000 this year. Like, and no one's going to make fun of a 22 year old for running a $700,000 business. But I'm curious, like how it's been running that kind of business when you see, you know, a bunch of other companies like Uber, Airbnb or e-commerce businesses that are growing quickly. Like, like what's that been like? That's a great question. Um, I, something I, I battle with like a lot actually, because I mean, there's two sides to it, right? First side is me being college educated, Sergio, civil engineering degree. We're compete like our competition is not as smart as people doing e-commerce software and all the sexy stuff, right? So it's really easy for us to just keep growing, keep growing because the people we're competing with, I'm not going to say they're stupid, but they're definitely not as smart as these guys in tech and e-commerce, right? They're still running their businesses on paper. They don't answer their phones. Um, they don't hire employees because they don't do what they say or, or they don't do things how they do it. So that's the that's the one side, right? And th- that's how I try to keep my mind where where I try to keep my mind at on on the yeah, flip. You've got, you've got a huge competitive edge in that sense, right? Exactly. And and it, I just always tell people like I'm playing the, like the entrepreneur game on hard mode. It feels like because I see like these $1 million, $2 million a year businesses, no employees. And dude, employees are the biggest pain in the ass when it comes to running business, especially when it's like, think about blue collar services, right? What type of person do you imagine working those types of jobs? Those are the type of people you attract and you have to deal and manage. And then you combine that with this being our first role in upper management and leadership. It's it's definitely a curveball and it's definitely... It's definitely tough. And then on the flip side, I look at, you know, these e-commerce companies and the scalability, like the keyword scalability. You don't have to add labor to scale. You create something one time. You can sell it a million times. It's just so attractive. So you like me and Sergio are always thinking, you know, like we're subscribed to trends. You know, I listen to a lot of the My First Million podcast. So I'm hearing, you know, Sam and Sean talk about all all these like sexy ideas. I'm like, dude, we can so do that. But then I go back. I go back to like, what it took to get to where we're at and the work we put in. And it's just not worth it to restart and go do something and learn a new industry when we already know home services. Like we're in um, a couple home service, like masterminds with other home service guys and like home services, its own industry. And it's like a $30 billion a year industry or something. It's huge. So there's, there's massive opportunity here. And that's, that's kind of the mindset I try to keep. I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I still catch myself being like, Oh man, should go do e-commerce, but uh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess does that answer your question? I would say from like a risk perspective though, right? Like a lot of the high flying e-commerce companies, like if you're drop shipping and other stuff, right? Like if your Facebook ad accounts get suspended, like your, your revenue goes to zero, your Amazon account gets suspended, your revenue goes to zero, where you guys have a much more tangible, you know, demographic that knows you and you, and you can really build up kind of a, a loyal brand following and it would be very difficult probably for, you know, unless all your employees maybe quit on the same day. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's definitely interesting to, to kind of compare. I did like what you said, though, about, you know, you, you really have a competitive edge. I feel like a lot of people kind of in these industries get successful and then they, they you, get, you get very content with the success you have and you don't really, you're not forced to really innovate. And then you don't have a ton of, you know, techie guys trying to come in and, and innovate on that. So you definitely have, you know, really unique competitive advantage there. 
is this your goal now in terms of you're just going to keep, you know, keep scaling this out, hiring employees? Have you found out a good strategy to keep keep the employees or is that still the biggest pain that you're facing is, is managing the payroll and, and the people on it? I mean, yeah. Okay. So good questions. To answer the first one, uh, yeah, so we're locked in. Um, we, Me and Serge are both committed. We're doing at least another six years. So we decided we're going to see this out for 10 years, see where it goes. And, you know, if we did, like, I try not to think like this again, but it goes back. Like, if I did 10 years doing an e-commerce business, probably going to see a lot more revenue, a lot more profitability. But, you know, it's like we're already four years in. Might as well stick to it for another six, see where we go. If it's only a $2 million company, it's only a $2 million company, you know, whatever. But we're going to learn a shitload in terms of hiring, managing, and scaling a hard-to-scale business. And we're going to take those learnings and we're going to do something else. So I also I also think that, like, from your standpoint, too, like, you're, you're talking about it as if it's, like, this plateauing company. Like, the fact of the matter is, is you've gone from 5 to 25, right? So that's 5x there. To 50 so you doubled again to 200 so you 4x and now this year you're expecting to go and do like 700 so you know another over 3x like maybe during a year when you grow 20 percent should you have those thoughts but years that you're just consistently you know doing six figures in revenue and then outperforming them in multiples of twos threes and fours like at, at this point man like you can be easily running a 20 to 50 million dollar company if you just keep on going after it for another couple of years and keep on kind of going through the growth strategy of acquisitions and customer service that you guys are doing today yeah i mean exactly exactly um and the, the the point you touched on right now the acquisitions is huge like we kind of when we first started we were just like oh there's no way we can even make a million dollars off window cleaning our goal is 10 million we want to build a 10 million dollar business um, that's it just in Orange County. Um, we think we can do it given the market conditions, tons of wealthy people in Orange County. Um, and when, so when, when we spoke, you had some really unique, I think, and creative ideas on how you did scale, which I'd kind of love to dive, dive, you know, dive into how you kind of came up with those and, you know, you did the acquisition, you guys focused on reviews and, and what that process how that process has been and then if you have ideas on how you're going to kind of continue that down the road okay yeah i mean if any home service guys are listening right now i got some gems for you because uh so what we did first was i called we weren't we weren't in residential yet we were just doing storefronts so this was maybe 2018 and i was like okay where who's getting so many calls for window cleaning that that they don't they don't do the work that's just what i was thinking and I was like, okay, window installation contractors, glazers, or, or that's, that was the first one I tried. So I called, I called up a couple of glazers and I was like, Hey man, can we do this? And they said, Oh no, we clean our own windows or we don't refer. We already have a guy, whatever. So I was like, okay, that didn't work. And so then I was like, you know what? Maid services don't do window cleaning. It's a whole nother service, you know, cleaning windows on a 2,500 square foot house takes an extra two, three hours and you got to get on ladders. I know maids aren't doing that. So I called the first two on Yelp, the top two rated Yelp companies in the area. I just basically said, hey, I'm Johnny. I'm with Orange Window Cleaning. Can I do all your window cleaning work and just give you 15% cut? And there was no methodology behind the 15%. It was just the first number that came to my head. So I was like, 15% and you refer us everything. And they're like, yeah, sure. So that was a huge funnel for us to um, off the rip just to start getting residential leads. 
And um, through that, one of the other companies, one of the companies actually sat down with us and was like, hey guys, you need to get on Yelp. So we got on Yelp and every customer we were going to needed needed to leave a review. So we would always ask, hey, if, if the job looks good, if you're happy, you mind leaving us a review? And they would do it like 80% of the time if you just ask. So that was that was great uh, for our early growth because we were able to rank on Yelp, right? Also, another factor too was Yelp entered home, home services. Yelp's largest category, if you guys didn't know. It's not restaurants. It's home services. And we didn't know that, but we just got in at the right time. So Yelp was doing this big push to advertise their home service companies. And then we just started to rank naturally because we had such good reviews. And that brought us to like the top 10 front page. And and then we just started getting hits on Yelp, hits on Yelp. And they kept calling me, hey, can you advertise? Can you advertise? And then everybody, you know, Yelp's such a bad guy. Everyone likes to talk shit. But we we're like, all right, let's try it. So we put in some money on Yelp, and the, f- the next day, I like we were at, I left my phone in the truck. I came back to the truck. I had like 10 leads right there. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So it, it, was, it got to the point where it was so bad. Like we were getting so many leads from Yelp that I couldn't even reply to all of them because there was just too many. So it was getting annoying. Well, I would get in the truck, Sergio would be driving, and I'd be like, fuck, dude. We got like 10, 10 leads and our schedule was already booked. So uh, Yelp advertising was huge for us. But now now it's just a lot of um, a lot of just like honestly economies of scale. We have both trucks wrapped real nice. And so people are in the neighborhood are constantly seeing um, constantly seeing the wrap. And then we're advertising on Yelp. Um, we're spending maybe like two grand a month on Yelp uh, during busy season on average. And then... And see- like the the beauty of what you're saying here right now is the fact of the matter is is that the two biggest channels it sounds like for you early on and getting started and growing were an affiliate deal essentially where anytime mm-hmm. that a made you know they're busting their asses to go and get clients and now oh they can make more money on the back end by referring them to you like perfect that's easy money no work for them and that's a genius strategy for you then the second thing that you're doing is like Yelp, right? Like everyone thinks of Yelp, but like sounds like just from some simple advertising, you guys are able to go and get some of the top leads on the platform. Like if I am competing in this industry, I think most people's mind stops at wrapping the truck, right? And like if that, like, you know, they'll, they'll go and put in like, uh, you know, three amigos like plumbing or something like that. On the, that's, a, that's, a, that's a company down here where I'm at right now. But they'll, they'll put that like on the side of the truck. And like, that's where their marketing ends. Maybe they'll take out a small, like two by two inch ad in like the daily paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, like they're not do they're not thinking outside the box like you are. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, I, I got to plug this just cause I, it was so funny, like in such a timely conversation, but like I had a tweet that I sent out this week, just like completely go viral. And it was such like a standard tweet. Like, I, I don't know, just something like I've read about before where like the baby boomer industry, the people that like are our parents and are running their businesses, like we are about to see one of the biggest wealth transfers ever, mostly because there are, I think the numbers came out to be something along the lines of like $10 trillion in assets of baby boomer companies that are going to be retiring. These people are going to be retiring in the next 10 to 15 years and 70% of them plan on selling their businesses. And I'm like, to that point, right? If you have someone who's selling a window cleaning business, they do nothing in tech, everything's written down on pen and paper, and they're not even using any kind of Yelp ads, leads, any kind of referral systems, anything like that. There's a huge opportunity to go in, 
buy one of these companies, copy one of these companies, and just wrap it up in tech and the better marketing strategies like you and Sergio are doing, and then completely kill it in that market. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I can I can go into a lot about what you just said because I've experienced it. But uh, real quick, let me wrap up the other the other channels we use. So so now in twenty twenty or twenty twenty, what what really blew us up was we're like, okay, what are other window cleaners not doing? Nobody, you you couldn't book online anywhere. So we have this like whole software stack on the back end where we have a review management uh, review management software called Nice Job, and they're displaying all our reviews. And then it's real optimized for SEO. We just pay someone to manage it. And then you can click get a quote. And you can get an instant quote like that. You don't even have to call me. You don't have to call the office, anything. Uh, you just get a quote online. And like I can sit here. like I'm pretty sure I just saw an email. Yeah, I just got, got another job. Another bid. So no, nobody else was doing that. So we do that. And then networking is huge. Like if you're in home services or blue collar, you need to build relationships. It's about the... It's about like the power, the power partner, right? Like who, who's always going to be in front of your customers that can naturally refer you. It's going to be other home service contractors. So I joined a group called the tip and there's literally every trade you can think of. There's a plumber, a roofer, uh, a pool contract and anything you can think of. And I just get referrals out the wazoo from, from that too. So, um, that's about it. What about, um, I, th I think you mentioned you had kind of bought someone's directory of, of clients, right? Or you, you, you took over someone's business? I bought a business? Kirk. You bought it? Um, so, Daddy okay. bought Kirk's business. All right. So this, this one, yeah. I mean, like Connor was saying, so the huge wealth transfer right now, to add on to that, there's like 12,000 or 13,000 boomers a day retiring with nobody to take over these businesses. And I can prove that to you because I just acquired a three hundred thousand dollar close. I want to—it's guesstimate. It's between two fifty and maybe over three hundred. They don't report a lot of cash, but the dude's like sixty-seven, and like I said, the tip. One of my buddies referred me and said, "Hey, my med—he was an insurance guy. He said, hey, my buddy uh, has this business for sale, and he's—he wants to move to Boise. He's getting old.' So I was like, "Cool, put put me in touch." Ended up talking to him. He's like 69, 68 maybe, and he's developing Parkinson's and he's getting a shake. So so he he can't be doing the work. He's owner-operator, cannot be doing this work anymore. He's so it moves so slow, and he doesn't have systems. He doesn't have any systems in place, so everything's pen and paper. Um, his profit and loss sheet was just three numbers saying his gross sales that he labeled as profit. And that was it. And people, you, the dude's name um, is Kirk. And he, the business is Kirk. So you can't, you, nobody's going to buy this business except for me or maybe someone who wants to get into window cleaning that can somehow find this deal. I don't see it happening. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just, so, it's crazy. Uh, the Johnny, way we structured the deal was, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's. No, no, I, you were okay. just about to get to it. I was going to say, how did yeah. you end up structuring the deal? Yeah, so the way we structured the deal was because if you take Kirk away, you're essentially, you're buying nothing except for his couple trucks and one employee. We, we don't want that. So I basically told him, look, dude, your business sucks in a nice way. I would never, you know, 
never disrespect him like that. You don't want to do that when, when going through this process. You want to make him feel like, hey, you know, you this is your life's work. You really built something nice. In reality, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick, just blunt. Like, business isn't worth anything. Like, you don't have anything there except for yourself. So, And the, the, the important thing, too, is, like, the business itself doesn't suck. Like, it's, it's a good business. It's not right. a good business to sell. Exactly, exactly. You have a really cool job, essentially. Like, you... That's what you have. So, um, anyways, we said, look, we can give you $1,000 down. And uh, another key thing was our prices are probably the highest in the area. So, I already told him, like, I was like, off the rip, we're we're not going to convert 100% of your customers. So, he was he literally sat down with me. He was like, yeah, I was looking online, and, I, and me and my wife were looking, and we, we saw that we could sell this business for, like, three hundred grand. And me and Sergio were just like, dude, you're not getting that. <laughs> you're not getting anywhere near close to that. And I basically told him, like, what I told, just told you guys right now is you take yourself out of the business. You don't have a business. So what we could do is give you $1,000 down. And every customer that converts into an orange window cleaning customer will give you a cut of that. So we'll give you 15% year one. So if we sign today, April 12th, we sign April 12th. 2021 by april 12th 2022 any job within that time range will give you 15 percent that we complete because we have to do the job of converting the customer and selling them that higher price so so then that drops down to 10 percent in year two and then yeah 10 percent in year two and then seven and a half or i think if we did five percent in year three and then that's it it's our business and he uh i mean we got pushed back for a couple of weeks and then we finally just uh Finally, just closed it yesterday. And I mean, essentially, you're what you're buying too, right? Like, you're not. Are you taking the vans with it too? Are you taking? No, no. Any, we bought a couple yeah. pieces of equipment, but nothing crazy. Right, and you you probably bought that outright cash, right? Like, it didn't even come with this deal, right? Uh, yeah, just cash. Yeah. So like, when it when it comes to reality of it, like you're not really buying Kirk's brand. You're not buying Kirk's website. Like you're buying his client book. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is like because the prices are so different, it sounds like a lot of them might not even convert. So like for you, it's potentially all upside, right? Worst case scenario, you're at a thousand bucks. Best case scenario, uh, you're able to go and convert some of Kirk's clients. Clients are now happy because they still have the affordable or they still have the service uh, that they were previously using with Kirk. And now they're just using with you instead. And it's definitely also like a win-win scenario too, right? Because you're able to like, he probably would have just shut down the business otherwise, right? And this way he can still make some probably good money over the next couple of years for anyone that does convert and it doesn't actually yeah, cost you any cash up front. Yeah. He had, he had like a hundred K in, in university relationships. So we've, we've already booked a couple of those and he's going to get a good cut off of that. And he's just going to be sitting, sitting on his butt in Idaho relaxing. So I mean, it's better there than nothing. I'm sure. Cheers to Kirk, man. So look, like I, I kind of, I, I want to get into some of like the more like high level questions now too. Cause like, I, I think at this point, people who are listening, like they understand, like you started from essentially nothing, 75 bucks. And now you've gotten to the point where like you're getting referrals, you're using technology much better than your competitors. Like you're building a big business, right? You're 22 years old. Why are you still in college today? <laughs> uh, so a couple of reasons I should have finished uh, the semester, the semester I'm in right now. I've actually failed classes for the first time last semester freaking um we added on christmas lights so that was like a whole like going from never doing anything with inventory to now having to manage inventory and sell the service we're like just 
it was nuts, like so unorganized and just crazy and stressful. We were just working out in the field till literally 8 p.m., 9 p.m. a night with mo- both crews. So it was really tough to manage the um, the senior level courses uh, in school. So I failed a couple, but um, I'm still in school just because uh, I barely graduated high school. I, f- I went to like continuation school, so I had like a 2.0. Didn't even graduate from real high school, and um, I was like, screw this, man. I'm gonna do good in school. So I went to community college and then transferred right after two years. But I just want to finish. Like I've been working on this forever. I just need to finish, and nobody in my family's graduated, so. I need to be the first. De- definitely a statement if you're able to manage a company and still just graduate at all. I feel like plenty of people yeah. we talked to were like, nope, uh, I'm not going to finish. I, I'm I mean, still really thinking. curious on some of your growth strategies. And I got a couple questions around that in terms of, are you going to keep trying to buy up similar companies and kind of do what you did, whether it's the same structure, different structure? Have you thought about franchising, going across the country um have you i don't know like would would you want to raise money to buy more i guess you might not even need to do that we've had a couple people a couple, a couple of our customers ask to invest um it definitely is enticing as me and sergio both you know 75 bucks each like that and that money seems nice like damn you know look what we could do with 75 dollars imagine what we could do with like 50 100k in the bank you know so it's enticing, but um, I, we're, I think we're going to stay investor-less. And, and right now, we're really focused on uh, franchising came to mind, but we really just want to keep eating up these these companies. Like We already know a bunch of companies of older dudes that should have retired five years ago. But they're still doing it because they don't make money unless they work. So we're just waiting for them to go out, um, been building those relationships, and then that's going to be our number one. And just investing a ton into marketing, like most everything back into marketing, um, we'll probably cut that down. Our marketing spend right now is like 15%. So we're just really focused on customer acquisition and then upselling them on our other services to increase the average ticket. You can realistically only get 250 to 350 um, per house. That that was like back in the day. Our average ticket now is 550, um, anywhere between 550 to 600. So um, the upselling is really crucial for us. Just just acquiring customers and upselling, training the technicians to um, to upsell. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. Wait, actually, on on that note, I kind of have two questions, right? So from the marketing standpoint, the first one might just be a pretty straight and simple question. But are you guys on TikTok? <laughs> so I made the TikTok account with the intent to make videos, but I just I, I haven't I haven't utilized okay. it. Oh, good. Yeah, we, we just set up a TikTok for the podcast today. So uh, if anyone's listening, feel free to check it out at the next gen pod, uh, at the podcast, whatever. Um, but uh, the the, mo- the main reason I asked that is just because I can totally see you guys falling under that, one of those like oddly satisfying categories where like if you're pressure washing or you're like you get the mm-hmm. squeegees going real nice in the window. I can see that looking really good. Um, yeah, no, definitely. But uh, even, the even question, one of like the follow along ones of like, watch me grow this company. You know, yeah. hiring new an employee, this is what our revenue is. Definitely, yeah. definitely something I would watch. Even from your standpoint, yeah, you can grow a cool brand that way. Um, the next question I had was, you just talked about training the technicians in the field to go and focus on upsells, right? And in the beginning of this conversation, you were talking all about how, like, customer service is their biggest thing. And, like, you know, you'd go in and you would network with people and all that kind of stuff. Like, when it's you and Sergio and this is your baby, 
like that's huge, right? Because like like this is your brand, this is this is your company, and you're gonna make sure that you do everything you can to like make sure the customer has a good experience. You guys are doing seven hundred thousand dollars this year, like can that be scalable past like you know two million, three million, five million? Like I'm I'm really curious. Like I walk into any Trader Joe's in the country, and their employees are crazy nice to me, and probably some of the best like customer service reps out of any business I've ever been in, right? Like, can you go and do the same for window washers in your company and train them that way? Um, I think so, absolutely. I mean, I can get into our training process a bit real quick. The, um, so we we do performance pay on everything because we need, we like, window cleaning sucks. Like, nobody likes cleaning windows. I hate cleaning windows, personally. I don't like any of the services we offer. I don't like doing any of that. So... If I'm going to hire someone to do it, like they need one, they need to be making good money and they need to be incentivized to make more money. So what we do is every window cleaner in the area pays hourly. We don't pay hourly. We pay off commission. So you're going to get paid the same amount, a base percentage of how much your truck is producing for the day. So let's make it easy. Say your truck is producing $1,000, right? And you got two guys, you, Gio and Connor on a truck together. They're both making 15%. So you know for that day, you're both making $150. Now, it's your choice if you want to move faster and get done by 2, 3 p.m. or lag it and get done 5, 6 p.m. when it's getting dark, right? So we, we did that because we noticed on hourly, people just love to waste time. And they're getting home. They're getting back at like 8 p.m. As soon as we switched the commission, it did two things. One, it weeded out all of the the C and B players. So it, we just were left with the people who liked performance pay and we're getting paid more and getting home earlier. So and number two, well, I guess I answered both of them. But um, so so on top of that, we do eight. Per, if you upsell something, so say you're doing a window cleaning job and you upsold a house wash for 500 bucks, you're going to get 8%, 8 percent of that. Let's say you get a review from that same customer, you're gonna get ten dollars for that. So we incentivize basically everything, and then on top of that, that's all tracked as KPIs. So now we know how to give uh, raises to people. That's so damn smart. Yeah, I know. There's that. Uh, you, do you know who Charlie Munger is? I've heard of him. I, like you know, name you know, sounds familiar. You know Warren Buffett? Yeah. He's kind of like his like right hand man. Uh, but he's got this famous quote that basically says, show me the incentive, uh, show me the incentive and I will show you the outcome. Uh, basically just the philosophy that just incentives drive all human behavior, no matter what it is. Um, so that's, that's a ridiculously smart model to go and emulate. If anyone's listening to this right now, like definitely try to align more performance-based pay. I think to your point alone, like not only will it get you better results, it'll get you better employees from the outcome because, you know, I'd rather hire the guy that wants to go and make a hundred thousand dollars in a year and has the upside of making two hundred thousand versus the guy who wants to make eighty thousand dollars a year and doesn't want to work that hard to go and get that eighty thousand. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm paying someone a hundred thousand dollars, I want to pay them a hundred thousand dollars because I yeah. know they're gonna be making me like a million dollars. Hundred percent. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, it, it also weeds out too just during that interview process. Like, say, hey, are you okay with commission? Are you okay with performance pay? And you can tell right off the gate, like right out of the gate, if they kind of make a face or they're like, eh, it's like, okay, probably lazy. So you just can them right there. I feel like I kind of want to go start a window washing company. 
No, no, you don't, dude. I'm telling you, you don't. I, I, I just love the, like the concept of you're really taking like the e-commerce strategies and and hammering them down on on a business that no one else is probably really incentivizing people to do upsells and and reviews and I don't know if I had to make a prediction I think you guys are going to be far surpassed here <laughs> your revenue goals on this not, not only that man but like like it's you're you're being smart about it right like you're using you're like you're the one of the only companies that went and did an online booking service you're having affiliate deals come in you're advertising on yelp you've got commission-based incentive programs for your employees like it's a super well-structured business and not only that but compared to like if you're in e-commerce right and I, and, and we our backgrounds in e-commerce if you're in media if you're in if you're in software any of this kind of stuff You've got like these ridiculous people out here who are running like five tier layer Facebook ad funnels. And then like next thing you know, like they hire like an entire like creative suite team who was like, you know, our last, our last guest was a, a, a media buyer on, on Broadway, right? Or not media buyer, but she runs a media agency and like, you know, directing Broadway stuff. Like they're super sophisticated and they're setting up these crazy flows, right? Like your competition is Kirk, right? Uh, and I think, I think that's. Yeah, I think I think that is super uh, appealing. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge, huge advantage. Um, and I mean, yeah, I'll tell you guys again, it's a huge opportunity right now. It's gonna be like this for a while, and that goes for any home service, you know, window cleaning, uh, plumbing, HVAC is huge right now. I know private equity companies are doing massive roll-ups of the these uh, HVAC companies, um, electricians, roofers, like any home service you can think of. There's massive. You can build a million-dollar company doing any one of those. That's, you're gonna also set yourself up for probably a decent exit, right? You're gonna have processes in place and and standardized operating procedures on on how you run it to you know you might be able to get a PE firm to come in and buy it. That's the that's the plan. That's the end goal, right? We want to get um that's our. I I don't know why I get embarrassed saying it because it's a window cleaning business, but we do want to get bought by private equity. That's that's the goal. So so last quarter we do quarterly themes, um and every quarter like it's a different theme. So. Like last quarter, we did um, a well-oiled machine. So it was literally like we have 90 days to set this business up as if someone were going to buy it tomorrow. So we just went through like we have Notion all plugged That's in. So, so smart. Yeah, like our office, our office girl's pregnant. So I literally just had, hey, like literally just go in and document everything you do. So when you go on maternity leave, we can just hire a replacement and the onboarding is going to be super easy. What, what does your tech suite look like? So you, you mentioned Notion. Love Notion. So, so Notion, Notion is like our company wiki. Uh, we use Nice Job Reputation Management. We use Responsibit online booking software. We use um, House Call Pro, our CRM, to track employees, scheduling jobs, all that stuff. We use, um, I mean, Google Drive, Google the G Suite, just for random things, you know, Drive, company files, stuff like that. Um, I think that's it. Yelp. That's yeah, I mean, honestly, like, like the fact of the matter is, is that your competition is using this, right? Pen and paper. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm holding up, holding up pen and paper right here. So, uh, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that you can kind of take away from this for anyone who's still listening right now, it's like by the end of this call, it's like you we went to this call and they're probably like, Johnny is cleaning windows. Okay, interesting. Like, t- tell me more. And by the end, like you're kind of thinking to yourself, like huh, should I be cleaning windows, right? Like Geo is already out here on Amazon right now looking up a, a squeegee in a bucket. Um, so the the one nice question man. I have, because particularly I think the the part I love about your business is that your competition sucks. 
Um, and I don't say that like to be rude or anything. It's just like they're just outdated. No, it's, like, they're, they're, it's, it's, a, it's a legacy business, right? Uh, that's what I love about it. What I hate about it is that like to grow, you're going to have to go and hire a ton of people. Uh, and not saying that you guys aren't going to be profitable. Like you guys have this really cool incentive uh, incentive model that kind of makes it like a huge win-win for both teams. Um, but the question I, I now have is like, are there other kind of legacy companies out there that aren't super labor intensive? And if so, like, could you think of a few that you think that there's going to be a big opportunity for over the next five, 10, 15 years? Not super labor intensive. Um, it's hard. Like the, like the one that I know of right now. And, and the reason I'm asking this is just cause like, again, I think it's, I think it kind of gets a win-win for both sides, right? The, the benefit is that your competition is not tech savvy. The, other like the downside that would have been you have to hire a bunch of people now you don't have to do that anymore the one that comes to mind for me immediately i heard it on a podcast and, and a couple other uh brokerage sites just like equipment rentals right like being able to go and like rent out like golf carts trucks cranes construction mm-hmm. stuff like whatever um like that that's pretty simple because a lot of the times just you have to put up a ton of money to go and buy the actual equipment and then you can just go and consistently rent it out um but i'm curious if this... my, my first million episode where they they dive into a guy who i think just essentially had raised yeah, brad a jacobs of money. brad jacobs yeah built like five billion dollar businesses that episode was so good yeah, yeah. and i think that's what yeah. he did right and, and and yeah to your part connor that, that's much more the the capital side you need the ton of money coming in versus the uh the labor side yeah i mean to go back to your question i can't think of anything off the top of my head right now if, if i sit on it i'll be able to come up with something uh, that's not labor intensive but to go back to the opportunity of the wealth transfer you're talking about, absolutely, if you're going to buy any business, do home services. Stay away from window cleaning because it's you can't charge a lot compared to like HVAC plumbing. But go buy, go buy a plumbing company. Go buy an HVAC company, an electrician, and then wrap that all up under a general contractor. And now you're just raking in all the profits instead of subbing everything out. So that would be my... like view of like what what there is an opportunity right now i know it's kind of labor intensive but if you put an operator in it or even as a gc you're not really doing much work if you already bought up all these companies but uh, does that make sense absolutely so not for you right but if if you're talking to anyone listening to the podcast somewhere in their 20s they they want to go and do this so you're saying they should go and do like do you have a should someone go and just start a plumbing company? What would be your initial standpoint for someone that doesn't know where to start, but they know they want to get into one of these type of businesses? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, I would tell them stay. I mean, you can't really, there's barrier to entry with HVAC plumbing because you have to have different licenses. So you have to go through and take the contractor exam, the specialty contractor exams for each one of those. So the loophole is if you buy the business, you can keep the license. So if you want to do it that way, you can. But if you have no money, your best bet is to do something like window cleaning, house cleaning. Um, yeah, I mean, window cleaning and house cleaning is fantastic. Landscaping is huge. I know guys that have multi-million dollar companies just starting with a truck. Like one of my great friends and one of my best clients uh, started the second largest tree trimming business on the West Coast by buying the guy he was working for back in like the 70s and he now got contracts in every city so anything 
that you have to get dirty and you don't need a license for. So top of my head, cleaning, landscaping, window cleaning. Um, Christmas light, Christmas lights. Christmas Christmas lights is, is great. Um, pool, uh, pool guys, mm. pool boys make insane money. If I had to go back, I'd do pools instead because they make like one fifty an hour, and they just freaking. Yeah, and then and bugs. then you can kind of you can kind of depending on what territory you're in. I mean, you're in California. We we both grew up in the Northeast, but like you could always go and pivot from the pools in the summers, and then I'll shuffle your driveway or, or plow your driveway, or whatever like that in the winter time too. You can kind of get that dual seasonality, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely Roger. think there's a lot of smart people forcing themselves to go the e-commerce or tech route just because it sounds sexy, even though I think there's such a massive opportunity for, for stuff like this. So I'm, I'm really happy you came on the podcast. I love talking Huge. about this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Johnny, if people want to go and check out some of the stuff you're working on, uh, I mean, I know you guys don't have the TikTok fully set up yet these days, but uh, where should they go and find you specifically? Yeah, so you, you can follow my personal Instagram. It's just Johnny Robinson underscore underscore. I gotta get a better handle, but uh, orange orange underscore window cleaning. And then we have a podcast too, where we interview a bunch of people in the home detailing industry. Um, and that's the Home Detailer uh, anywhere you find podcasts. So we've had on three three guys. The last episode we put out was a fr- was a banger. Um, this dude up in Canada just doing a ton of or. Uh, growing crazy with his franchise and um, just talked about some real innovative stuff in the industry. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. And also, don't ever feel bad about your Instagram handle name. Geo, tell them yours. <laughs> that's not fair. Uh, it is, what, Giovanni with seven underscores? <laughs> oh, no and way. The, the worst part is, was imagine like I typed six and, so, and, the, and it was taken. In, in the, no in the five was taken. Who? The, I don't feel craziest, too bad anymore. The, the craziest part is that somebody's going to type in seven now and realize that that one's taken. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they're going to go eight. Yeah. Johnny, pleasure having you on today, man. Uh, it's. I think you're going to be doing some big things, and maybe we'll have to bring you back on in a couple months to see where you're at. Yeah, definitely. You have to get me on during Christmas light season. I'll tell you guys how it's going. There we go. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, you too. See you guys.